Welcome back, everyone. It's official. We are bringing back Make Friends Radio. And this is going to be the first episode back since kind of the, the middle of the pandemic when we were trying to do things via Zoom. And uh, unfortunately, just, you know, doesn't translate as well. So now that we have an opportunity to start chatting with people again, uh, we're bringing it back. And of course, this is the first episode. So on today's episode, we've got Kevin Luther. He is the owner and winemaker of Lucid Wines. It is the hot new winery and tasting room located on R Street. So super excited uh, to talk to him about what he has to offer and, uh, of course, uh, music after the uh, conversation. So having said that, hello, Kevin. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Chris. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm excited to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah I'm, the, I'm the owner and winemaker here at uh, Lucid Winery. We're a little winery here in Sacramento. I'm a local kid and ended up going to school and learning winemaking, traveling, traveling around the world making wine, but really just, uh, yeah, going to be, gonna be t- talking with you about our new winery here in town, making some fun wine, cider and mead and stuff. Perfect. So having said that, I mean, Lucid Wines, that's your baby. Um, tell us about it. What is it about that particular winery that that's you? Well, you know, if you go to a normal winery, when people you know, if I tell people, hey, I make wine, I'm a winemaker, they go, oh, excellent. Do you make some nice vintages? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, please stop. Like, that is that is traditional wine culture, right, is that snobbery and that kind of elitism, and it's just so not me. I'm, I'm from South Sac and Oak Park, too. You know, this is a Sacramento podcast here, you know, to people who are local, you know, like this is working-class neighborhoods. I grew up in a working-class family, and so my my approach to winemaking is much more like craftsmanship based i love making a beautiful product from something which comes from from agriculture from farms sacramento being the farm to fork capital i'm just really proud of of doing that and i think just coming from a more laid back background than your normal winery my my whole approach and what makes us different i think is that we approach winemaking almost with the vibe of a microbrewery. You know, it's it's laid back, it's fun. We do a lot of creative stuff. I make everything from wine to cider to mead to wine beer hybrids, and and just have a lot of fun with wine in a more laid back atmosphere. That's awesome. So, tell me more about the the other offerings you have. I mean, obviously it's it's wine, but uh, you mentioned mead and, and cider. How'd you come across uh, you know trying to brew those things as well? Yeah, you know, to be honest, getting into wine, uh, again, one of my inspirations was growing up in a family of people who were into agriculture and craftsmanship, and then um, also just a dad who was really into kind of curing things, so everything from olives to, you know, pickling and preserving things, and a lot of it is fermentation. So when I got into wine, I was also getting into beer and cider and meat and stuff and just anything essentially fermented from agriculture. And so I think that wine was like, okay, the first thing, because it's, it's a industry you can get into. There isn't a huge mead industry out there, you know? So wine was really the industry I got into initially and, uh, had a lot of experience with. I've, I've spent 15 years in high end winemaking at some of the top writers around the world, but then I, I kind of had to establish my street cred as a serious high end winemaker. And then once I did that, that allowed me to start doing my more interesting experimental stuff, mead, ciders, wine beer hybrids, like I say, but also I'm going to make a high end jail hooch and uh, some other really out there stuff. So, uh, yeah, using that wine street cred to do all this other weird stuff. Very cool. Um, so having said that, I mean, if people were to visit the uh, lucid winery, 
what's the flagship bottle? You know, what is is there kind of a signature that you have something that if someone comes to visit, they have to try it again. And so we see. Um, it depends on the on the time of year to some degree. You know, during summertime, our flagship is our rosé. I mean, that rosé just flies off the shelf. All it's day. easy drinking rosé all day. Yeah. Um, frosé is another hashtag. Uh, you you know, do frosés? Yeah, the frozen rosé. Awesome. Yeah, yeah That's we're going to awesome. have that in the summertime. But, you know, during the wintertime, uh, the go-to is probably our red blend, the L.A. Wanderlust red blend. It's it's this very smoky kind of cinnamon note uh, red blend that we make and we use some exotic woods on that one, which is one of our flagship techniques. We use woods, including uh, maple wood, hickory, um, a little mesquite wood for some smokiness, and then a little bit of Brazilian ombrana wood, which has a really cinnamon note to it. That's kind of cool. I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. So <laughs> exactly. that's cool. Um, so, I mean, obviously you've opened up this, this cool new location for people to check out in a really hip location too, right on our street. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that you've, uh, kind of gone into especially in the you know winding down element of the the pandemic era uh has that been an easy process did you run into any hiccups uh what tell me about that process yeah definitely chris um the honestly hiccups has been almost the the name of the game for our business we we launched my my first when i first quit my day job running someone else's winery to really dive in and put my meager life savings into trying to launch this business out of a little roller door in east sac it was in March 28th of 2020, we were supposed to launch our winery in the first place. Um, and we couldn't because COVID hit and we, we survived the last two years with e-commerce and we did really well in e-commerce, uh, and a lot of virtual wine tastings and at home wine tasting kits, but trying to relaunch now two years onwards in downtown Sacramento, it's been, you know, some ups and downs. We, we tried to launch and, you know, the Omicron variant hit and then, and then they released a lot of restrictions, but people are still hesitant to go out a bit, you know? So it's been a kind of a slow return to, to public life. So definitely a lot of ups and downs and challenges along that way. But it's been really exciting because we're in this really cool spot, like you say, right there on our street in the downtown Sacramento stretch, right in the heart of historic Sacramento downtown. And we're, we're you know, for people really familiar with Sacramento, the, the R Street stretch has a lot of just really crazy bars and restaurants and stuff and we're sort of on the edge of that so it's a great spot spot to start or end your night it's a little quieter a little more intimate if you come into the winery you're going to see you know we have barrels we have art we have uh, over 100 plants we have an 8,000 book collection we have musical instruments and games you can play chess or checkers or jenga and so it's it's really a, a cool spot that we're finding people kind of feel home in you know and we have a lot of people just come back three four times a week because they just really enjoy hanging out there so i think that while it's been a slow build for us with kind of this this transition it's it's worked really well for us that's awesome i get a absolute burner vibe from you (laughs) so yeah you also mentioned the uh the the take home or the um to go wine tasting or or something like that Mm -hmm. tell me about that that sounds pretty cool i wasn't aware of anything like that during the pandemic yeah, it was a, it was a fun thing that uh, emerged for us sort of organically. You know, uh, like I say, I tried to launch, and I was originally going to launch a tasting room, just a little kind of laid back warehouse microbrewery kind of vibe winery tasting room. But uh, the pandemic hit; I couldn't launch because of that. So 
we, we launched virtually, so to speak, and we delivered little miniature bottles of wine. It was kind of a, a wine six pack, so to speak, sure. uh, originally by bicycle around Sacramento, me and my brother. And, um, and then everyone had these mini bottles so they could actually enjoy the wine at home. And then we went on Facebook live and got drunk and just talked about wine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know wine and I'm a decently laid back guy, like you say, kind of burner vibes, uh, kind of not your normal wine snobbery. And then my brother's a lot funnier than me and would more or less interrupt me with wisecracks and good jokes and stuff. And, and we just talked about wine in a laid back way uh, on Facebook Live originally. But then it transitioned into YouTube Live and, and YouTube videos. And now we have some like kind of permanent long-standing YouTube videos sure. talking about the wine. As well as, at this point, we've now done over a 1,000 corporate wine tastings, like team-building experiences where we get drunk with corporate people and talk about our wine. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that seems like you're really taking good advantage of kind of what was available to you during the pandemic. Uh, you know, utilizing things like YouTube and, and the Instagram lives and those type of things. So hats off to you for that. Thank you. Um, now, with the kind of expansion and the opening of the uh, the winery in, in, in downtown, where do you see yourself going from here? What's what's the next growth opportunity? Where do you see you taking it from here? What are some of your ideas? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. Opening the tasting room, you know, we ha- we sold about $2 million worth of wine tasting kits last year, believe it or not. It's crazy. But we, we grew so much in this virtual wine tasting wine tasting kit world that that became my main business. And launching a tasting room downtown almost seemed illogical. Like, why not just lean on your success in virtual and e-commerce? Uh, but I don't know how the world's going to change next, right? So you have to diversify. You have to keep innovating and changing with the times. So... Launch an in-person tasting room is like the first move. And the second move is like, what's the next thing, you know? Okay, start creating an event space. Maybe have more live music. Maybe have more events, dance classes and arts classes and and who knows. So this downtown tasting room is definitely going to have a lot of events and activities to really become like a huge, not just wine space. Because I think just wine is kind of limiting. That's never really been sure. a thing anyways. But like really creating a, a gathering place for the community, I think that's going to be a, a big part of our next move. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, I'm a big proponent of Sacramento and just the idea of having a place to go for for dance lessons. Not that I've ever gone, but I certainly <laughs> would. Um, right. You know, it's it's pretty cool that uh, that you're kind of thinking about those things as opposed to, you know, a lot of other places are very singular in their thoughts. You know, we've got to keep just what we're doing uh, go on. So mm-hmm. I, I like the, I like those ideas. So, you know, I think you kind of hinted on this in the very beginning, but what got you into winemaking in the first place? What made you say, you know, I want to get this degree. Um, I know you mentioned, you know, having access at, at a young age, but, uh, kind of take us through that, that part of your life. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really, uh, it's it's kind of hard to explain my childhood on some levels. It's like, well, it all started when I was four years old. I won't go that far back, but um, <laughs> you know, growing, growing up in Sacramento here, uh, we grew up in South Sac, which is a really uh, poor neighborhood, and technically we were below the poverty line. My parents, my dad was a farm worker, and my mom was doing um, homeschooling, and there was five five of us kids, and and just you know really. Um, making the most of, of a relatively poor upbringing with a lot of cultural richness, kind of representative of Sacramento in a way where we have sure. a little half acre in South Sac that used to be ag land. And my parents farmed it 
as an organic farm. And so I grew up on this little half acre organic farm in the middle of the ghetto, you know, next door to a crack house and a trailer park, we had an agricultural paradise. So growing up in that and then going off to college, you know, I couldn't afford college, but I got a little scholarship and I was working at bars and restaurants and I got really into good food, good beer and good wine. And wine in particular had this confluence of agriculture and craftsmanship where it's like grapes come from the earth. And then we take this natural thing that's just grown and we turn it into alcohol through craftsmanship, through good technique. And, you know, growing up in this agricultural environment and my uncle had a woodworking shop and all of us brothers and my uncles all worked as woodworkers, as craftsmen, wine really spoke to me. And so it, it drew me not because I was obsessed with wine per se, but because I really loved the process of making wine. And so, um, so that really drew me into it. And I found out that the college I was going to had the world's best winemaking program. UC Davis, Viticulture and Enology. And then um, also gave me an excuse because winemaking is a very international thing. I was able to travel the world for most of my 20s making wine in different countries, Argentina, Australia, New Zealand, Oregon, Sonoma, and really just master the craft around the world while having an excuse to, you know, like bum around the world and experience things. It's an awesome life experience to get there. It was pretty sweet. (laughs) You know, speaking on agriculture and all, do you grow your own grapes or do you outsource them? How do you come across the grapes? So a little bit of a mix. We do farm some of our own grapes and we're expanding our, our vineyards right now. But then we also work with a lot of partner vineyards because everything we do is organically grown and locally grown. And I love collaboration. I, I love working with other vineyards that also grow great organic grapes. And having been in this industry locally for about 15 years now, I, I have a lot of really great contacts with top farmers, top organic farmers in the area. So I source and I grow. And then 100% of what we made is uh, that we make is made in our winery in Sacramento here. So we grow some of it, but we make all of it. Awesome. Again, such a cool offering to have out here. And again, with the, the, the thoughts of what you might put into the art space there is uh, is really intriguing. So having said that, I mean, obviously you're you're a Sacramento guy. Uh, you've been here all of your life, most mm-hmm. of your life, I should mm-hmm. say. His 20s <laughs> seem to have been spent overseas. Um, what do you love about the Sacramento scene? Like, what is it that stands out that makes us unique to other, you know, me- medium to big cities that are out there? You know, it's it's really one of those things where I, th- I think so much of it comes back to our, our cultural dynamics like we're we're the center of so much i mean growing up i would fall in love with this like cool new food product and then it, and then it would go away and i found out that the reason why we have so many cool products that get tested in sacramento by different food companies is because we are literally the most culturally diverse demographically like statistically city for product testing in the US. So people test their products here because they can see what all these different cultures think of it. And I think that's a great example of how unique we are as a city. You know, I traveled to Thailand, I traveled to New Zealand, I traveled to Australia, I traveled to Paris. And each of those cities has a cool culture, but they're kind of monoculture. You're in Paris, you have French culture. You're in Thailand, you have Thai culture. Mm -hmm. You're in Sacramento, you've got Mexican, Thai, you know, French, you have thousands of cultures all centered around Sacramento. Sure. Combine that with the fact that we're surrounded by the agricultural community that creates like 60% of the world's food and you have incredible food resources and incredible cultural resources. Nothing, nowhere I've been in the world. I've been to at this point close to a hundred countries. 
nowhere has our diversity and in like range of interesting flavors and offerings that Sacramento does. And I think it's one of the reasons why so many people are flocking to Sacramento from far flung regions. Sure. Yeah. And for me, it's the kind of the, the bar and music scene. And, uh, as I've said on the podcast, probably a thousand other times, I think our DJs, I don't know how connected you are to that part of the community, but, um, I think we can hold our own with any other city that's out there. Some of the best DJs that I know are, you know, from, you know, an hour drive from here. Um, mm-hmm. everyone just puts it down proper. So having said that selfishly, I'm just kind of curious, what kind of music are you into? You know, I'm, I, I suppose it's the classic answer, right? Everything but country. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and even some country, if you go back into the old school country and, and bluegrass, but really more than anything, I, you know, I, I love cross genre mixes. You know, I grew up in the era of sublime where it was like hip hop and reggae and rock all brought mm-hmm. together. But anything that really crosses as many genres as possible and is just a cool mix of fun music. Like my favorite band in the world is the cat empire. They're an Australian band that mixes like ska, hip hop, uh, jazz and, and, and rock. So, I don't know that you've sold me on that one, but you're gonna have to. <laughs> You'll have to link me to that uh, at a later time because I'm I'm certainly interested in, in hearing it because I'm I'm not familiar. Um, but yeah, so country-wise, you mentioned that I'm kind of a. I like the more soulful kind of old-sounding, uh, maybe outlaw country. I don't know if that's yeah, what it's called. Yep. Um, and then I I love bluegrass, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I'm into the trampled by turtles and that kind of stuff. Yep. So yep. Have what, you ever listened to Dirt Wire? I have not, but again, I'm certainly willing to listen to anything that you send yeah, my way. Uh, good uh, electronic remixes of sort of like bluegrassy vibes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from the country perspective, I'm kind of a, a basic bro, I guess. Um, Chris Stapleton is perfection to me. That's awesome. So, you know, kind of as we start to, to wind down our conversation here, is there anything that you miss from the Sacramento area and scene that seems to have dissipated you know, during the pandemic, um, you know, is there anything that you, you missed those pre COVID days? You know, I mean, honestly, just a little bit of what we're doing right here. Like we're, we're a few feet from each other talking and, um, and just you know, human interaction that, that, that more than anything, that's what I miss is just, you know, there's this, this high you get off of human interaction sure. and, and actually being near each other and feeling each other's vibes and just having a good conversation and, you know, I've, I've hibernated largely throughout COVID and focused on my business and I'm just really excited. You know, we've started to see that at the tasting room at our street, people coming back, having great interactions. We have this communal area, uh, that has games and music and, and kind of just turns into a drunken late night jam session half the time. <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff, the spontaneous human intera- interactions that just make life so fun. So I, I'm really looking forward to that reemerging these days. Sure. I think that's kind of what I'm looking for as well. I'm still kind of, you know, on the fence about how to handle everything. Um, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to open up a little bit, you know, where things are starting to open up, restrictions are starting to lift. I'm starting to DJ again. Um, so yeah, I think I'm also looking forward to that human interaction. I think, you know, that plays a, a big part in life. Yeah. So last question I've got for you. If you could put any positive message out into the world, what would that message be? You know, life is magic and, and life is short and just really appreciating 
every day and every moment is is something that you know we've all had those moments whether it was five drinks in or on an acid trip or you know just when you're really going through a big life change or traveling around the world and you have that moment of of clarity that moment of like wow like you're you're there in the moment you're very present and and life is amazing and you just really want to grasp it right you know seize the day i just you know i i think creating those moments and living in those moments are are something i really encourage us all to do and and not just you know, self-effacingly pretend like those are the only the things we think about when we're 10 drinks in. Sure. You know, that stuff is real. That stuff is, is legit. We are literally only here once. Live this life, life passionately and enjoy it. So that's my positive message. I love it. I also love how you casually threw in there tripping on acid. <laughs> <laughs> like that's an, an everyday thing. <laughs> you know, just got to work it into daily conversation. Absolutely. Normalize acid. I feel like the uh, the margaritas beforehand probably uh, <laughs> helped that along. Never hurts. Well, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you have to offer to Sacramento. And uh, just really looking forward to see what you're able to do from here on out. So. Having said that, I do want to transition. I've got one of my uh, my Burning Man partners in crime, someone from uh, from a camp that I, I generally camp with, um, who at the beginning of the pandemic decided he wanted to start DJing. And I, I honestly don't know if he was DJing before that, mm-hmm. uh, but I did not know uh, if he was or not. But I do know that during the pandemic, this man grinded for days, nonstop learning, practicing, streaming on Twitch, and I am really uh, just excited to introduce my friend, DJ I Am. Here he is. Peace.
Well, there you have it. We're back. Make Friends Radio. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, DJ I Am. Uh, really appreciate you guys submitting content for us to use for our comeback episode, so to speak. We've got some really cool things in the pipeline, and hopefully we can start doing this monthly again. If you like what you hear, as always, we would like that you follow us on all the platforms, iTunes, um, I guess it's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitch, all that good stuff. And of course, if you know someone that you think would be a good fit for the show, or you have a cool business that you'd like to uh, to suggest, I'm all ears. So thank you, everyone. Talk to you later. Peace.